Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast, a series for recruiters by recruiters. I'm Danny Reinert, and in each episode, I have candid conversations about careers in recruitment with some of the best talent that Teamings has to offer. They'll be giving you a glimpse into the highs and lows of their recruitment careers, their motivations and drivers, and their secret to success in the industry. You can listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and other favorite podcast platforms. Let's meet our next guest. Curtis, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm very, very good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, thanks. Um, thanks in advance for, uh, for joining us today for Secrets of Success uh, interview. So first and foremost, tell us a little bit about why you decided to get into recruitment in the first place. I think um, when I when I came out of uni, um, like like a lot of people, I just really really struggled to sort of know what to do next. Like I didn't do um, I didn't do a practical degree. I didn't do anything, mm. you know, get me that sort of that kind of job. And so I was interviewing for, for loads and loads of different things at the time, just sort of hoping that something would would jump out. And uh, I'm where I, where I was from originally, sort of back in Kent. There was a recruitment firm uh, who did construction. And I ended up just really, really getting on with um, with the guy who interviewed me, who's, who's the owner of the company. Um, and I, you know, I still talk to him now, um, sort of periodically. Um, so I think really it wasn't actually so much the industry as, as that person who actually really sort of got me involved. I mean, in the end, I, I worked for them for I don't know maybe four or five months, and then the only reason I left is because I was coming to London, and, and that's right. when I joined Deems. So you know, I, I actually joined Deems pretty much at the start of of, of my recruitment career. But in terms of why, it was really that guy who kind of got me involved. So I guess it's the, the usual story of sort of falling into it by accident, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's similar for a lot of people, isn't it? And people, <clears throat> excuse me, have different motivations for, for moving into recruitment. I always think one of the interesting things is what keeps people in recruitment as well, though, because it's we you've seen it over the years. You know, any recruitment company you work in, people join and leave and they decide recruitment's not for them. And it is, a you know, it's challenging, especially when you're starting out. It's not easy. So yeah. what do you think it was that, kept you in recruitment even when you know you did see the tough times and stuff I think um I think it's a couple of things I mean the job sort of fits my personality really well I think mm-hmm. you know I like doing the job um and ultimately this um you know it, it's the kind of job that if it's not going well it can be a really really lonely place to be and then obviously if it is going well you feel like you know the birds are singing for you and everything else so yeah in terms of um in terms of why I've stayed in it I just I, I like the actual in the job like I like searching I like placing people obviously I like the BD um but obviously you know the the money's there that's definitely a factor um don't get me wrong but um yeah I just think that it fits in quite well with sort of who I am and sort of the way the way that I sort of go about so um yeah I just sort of come in and, and feel like I know what I'm doing so I think that 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 sort of gives me that job satisfaction really yeah, makes a lot of sense. And I think that's really interesting, kind of feeling that fit for your personality and your style of working. And actually, obviously, the money's great. And a lot of people are in recruitment for the money and commission and earning potential. But what I mean, what I'm interested in there is that you actually enjoy doing the job and the parts of the role. What, what do you think about your personality in particular? Which parts do you think really work well in recruitment? Yeah, well, I think like again, if I go back to when I was first looking for a job coming out of uni, I was like, really, really struggling to sort of decide what to do. And um, 
someone sort of gave someone gave me some really good advice actually which was like if you look at your group of friends or whoever you spend the most time with whether it's your, your family whoever it might be mm. um who what sort of character are you in in that group right and and sort of find something that fits in with that so like with my group of friends growing up I was always sort of trying to drive the agenda sort of saying where we should go and sort of the, the kind of things we should do and um and I sort of I knew that that's the kind of person I was like I'd like to sort of have a bit of a say and so yeah. I think that when it comes to recruitment and again sort of why why I've stayed in it it it's it's a job that sort of lets you have that influence over people obviously hopefully in, in a very positive way yeah um, but yeah I think I think it that's what I mean when I, I sort of say that it fits in quite well with, with just with just that that kind of stuff really yeah makes a lot of sense we talk a lot in recruitment about developing those influence and persuasion skills and being organized and connecting with people and and kind of managing them through a process so I think you're absolutely dead on if you're that person with your friends or your family it kind of makes sense doesn't it um we talk a lot about the positives in recruitment and it's always good to focus on the good times um and you've had loads of them I've worked with you for a few years now so I know I've seen your success and your your upward trajectory into the role you're in now I'll don't be modest you know um but talk me through the toughest period that you've had in recruitment what did that look like and importantly how did you keep going and push through that I think I think the, the toughest period and you know I've seen other people go through it Eames, as well is, is probably when you when you sort of get promoted from AC to consultant I think that that's probably the hardest the hardest part of my career so far I mean you go from like this role where really you're, you're just resourcing and you know you can just sort of get lost in that world of, of just you know yeah. fine candidates um which which I really really like like I always really liked that aspect of the job um but then suddenly there's a lot more pressure you know there's um expectations to deliver you start doing BD and you know you, you really just you've got to think about a lot more things than you, you'd sort of had previously and uh you know I think that apart from it sort of being daunting um you know you, you sort of have to almost start again and you feel like you've sort of got to that stage where you you've developed and you know what you're doing and then you sort of feel like you get dropped in the deep end again and you're, you're almost starting out on, on certain yeah. points. And, you know, I think um, I've seen other people go through that in the business um, as well. And I think so. I think a lot of people struggle at that point. Um, once once you sort of mastered the 360 role, mm. then I'm not saying it, you know, it becomes easy and then every day is just, just you know, um, really, really easy. But I think that... Um, I think that once you've kind of got that, it, it's not as hard. There's not new things coming in as much as when you're an AC, you're starting. Yeah. Then obviously you've got to think about clients and think about delivering on the jobs and, and everything else. So I'd probably say that's the, the hardest thing. Yeah. What do you think, if, if you can think of anything, companies can do, employers can do to support people or ready them more effectively for that transition and make it less of a or oh, I've got promoted to a consultant, I'm at the top of the pile of ACs and resources, and then it's like, oh, God, this is this is really hard. So on reflection, what, what could we have done more for you at that point? Yeah, I think um, I think getting ACs involved with, with BD or, you know, junior people involved with BD pretty quickly um, mm. would, would help. Because even if it's like, like with, with Sam at the moment, right, um, like your direct he, report yeah sorry, sorry yeah so even with him like he's an ac at the moment 
And even if he can just do an hour a week to just start getting his head around it. And I think, so he's been sort of starting to do that over the last um, last sort of couple of months. And he's really sort of starting to get his head around it because yeah. he's already doing it. So that that hopefully prepares people that when you do get the promotion, um, you sort of already have a little bit of a start. Mm. I think in, in arm, well, I don't want to talk about specifically just actuarial, but it depends what kind of market you're in because in our market, which is like extremely candidate short, you you can kind of use the the um, the candidates to you know, all the candidates become hiring managers eventually anyway, or not yeah. all of them, but the, the good ones you're speaking to. So I think that people should have a mindset of when they're first starting out of like every candidate you speak to could be a hiring manager in the future. Yeah. I think that that's why you know specifically in our market, building those relationships from the start is so useful. And you know I try and drum it home all the time that. It doesn't matter if you place this guy now, as long as he is bought into you and, and, and the value you can offer, it's more sort of long-term thinking. And I think that if you sort of do that from the start, then you're setting yourself up with the best chance to, to just get going with it straight away. We obviously do lots of training. We do the AC programme here at Eames. Lots of places do similar stuff. It's one of those things you say to people when they first join, isn't it? And it's mm. like, you, you're kind of going to them, no, this is this is really important. I promise you, if you yeah. build the relationships with the candidates now, that this thing called BD, that all sounds a bit scary, but actually it's just a natural progression in those relationships. I can, can understand though why ACs and juniors kind of forget that and just focus on the task in hand. It's one of the things that kind of gets forgotten a bit quickly, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that they also, and, and you know, myself included, I definitely was guilty of this when, when I got promoted. Um, you put these guys on a pedestal. You, you think, you know, they're they're these big, uh, you know, multi multi billionaire type individuals, and like it's just it's just you, but in in eight years, do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just a human being on the other end of the phone. Yeah. And they have exactly the same frustrations as as anyone else, and you know you. They're just candidates, really. Like the, yeah. the whole sort of BD thing in in our world is, you just sort of you just have to flip it around and, and just think of them as as almost like a, a candidate. And you know what kind of people will they want in their team? Like, um, I think uh, I think people worry too much that they're going to make a fool of themselves or like this man or that they, they just sort of lose faith in the value they've got to offer. Like when the, the the big thing with like when you're starting out with the candidate side, I think is you have to really get your head around quickly that like I'm not bothering this person but this person needs to talk to me because I've got the job yeah. that I want right and I think that with with BD you just need to do the same have that same attitude and, and realize you know that you, you've got value to offer these guys. Absolutely great advice thank you really great um so one of the things I want to talk to you about today as I mentioned at the beginning is you going on this journey now of becoming a, a manager within the business at Eames and obviously within the recruitment industry so why did you decide this path was right for you? Well if, if I'm being completely honest please first, do please did, do Curtis <laughs> at first I didn't I, I went so I actually went down the principal route for for, for quite a while yeah and because I was pretty um at the time, I was very sort of focused on just, you know, my own desk and, and trying to build and just wanted to be a biller. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I don't know, I think that the, the, the change was, well, even when I was doing the principal route, I quite liked the the sort of management-y kind of aspects of the job. You know, I like um, helping people with with, with problems and, and that kind of thing. And, and I do like, you know, the junior people, you know, using us as, as a resource because that's what I used to do, right? So it's, it's kind of like that cyclical thing. Um, I think that now 
it's more a case of like I'm thinking more long term and you know I don't want to make it sound really selfish but you know I I I bring I would like to bring in jobs now and I don't want to have to fill all of them um, <laughs> yeah. that's one aspect to, to be honest but um I think as well like because I, I sort of started as an AC and I've gone through I've gone through the sort of development at Eames all at Eames um so <clears throat> I really sort of know the the different stages and, and the difficulties that come with that so you know I do think that I've always thought that I could offer some value to young people coming through and yeah I think now I'm just really committed to, to doing that whereas I was always a little bit indecisive because as a villa you sort of don't want to lose that right and you don't want to yeah. you know have your time taken up but yeah no I just think that that, that that's kind of changed now that actually brings me on nicely to something else I wanted to ask you is, is keeping that balance yeah. through billing and because initially that is how you make your money right and and even when you start managing you know we've got management incentive schemes and management plans and stuff but bonus plans but initially it's your billings and you're taking on this other element of the role of managing somebody and growing a team so how are you going about balancing your time and making sure that you can kind of give enough to both if that makes sense what would your top tips be for people kind of going through that journey or considering it yeah I mean I'll be honest it's something that I've actually struggled with um, Mm -hmm. when when I've started out um, because you you sort of like see this this other person and you just want to sort of be there all the time and and like solve every issue and like any yeah. any question that comes up is like I drop everything and go over there and sort that out and so I think that I think that a tip that I'm trying to sort of give myself is um to just maybe sort of take that step back and realize that you know this person can figure things out and it's not bad if they go and if they go and get it a bit wrong and then come to you and said look I tried this I mean I've always been of the mind and I'd rather, obviously it's always good to ask questions about what you're doing and I don't think, you know, you just want to go completely off grid, but <laughs> I would rather someone said, look, this thing happened and this is what I tried to do and it's ended up going wrong than yeah. just constantly asking the same kind of questions. But I think in terms of balancing time, like it, it's probably good to just really sort of organise the, the time you are spending with, with, with obviously who you're managing. I mean, like Sam, I have um, I have like a one-to-one book, but we typically talk in the morning, um, obviously through Zoom at the moment, but, you know, talk in the morning. <clears throat> and that's like a really organised session. And then like we'll do a BD session once a week where, you know, we'll, I'll literally, we'll both have teams open and we'll both be making calls. So it sort of feels like we're in the office. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just having that that time set aside for the person and also realising, um, as you know, I've had to, that you're still, I've still got deliverables, you know, I am still here to to bill. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that pressure's not gone. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just, I think being organised is, is the main message. Absolutely. And you're obviously moving into a management role in quite an interesting time with, um, I try not to focus on COVID in these interviews because uh, people talk about it all the time, but um, it's quite an interesting time, isn't it? Because normally you'd be sat next to someone, they'd kind of be learning through by osmosis, if you like, like hearing you on the phone. How how are you going to kind of still give Sam what he needs, I suppose, and and develop Sam and other people that you hire when we do have this more kind of flexible remote working yeah, I mean, I think it, it's definitely been a challenge and uh, I actually feel very sympathetic to, to all the sort of junior recruiters yeah. who, uh, who have not really got that face time because I know when I was sort of coming up to start with, 
that was vital, like listening to yeah. successful people make calls and just copying what they're saying almost is really like uh, one of the things I think has, has, has helped me do okay. Um, yeah. I think with, um, with the sort of current situation um, and with Sam, having that that sort of teams thing where it's almost like he's just there and I'm mm. at the same time um, has been helpful. I think yeah. that particularly when, when we've been doing BD, which obviously, like I said, he's, he's trying to get his head around at the moment. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and I think just when people are in, just really, really taking the opportunity to work with them because once you sort of get to a certain level, like personally, I, I'm not a massive fan of working at home. I do like being in the office. I do like being okay. around the team. But can I just get cracking and, and sort of carry on? Yes, because I've been doing it for a little while. Whereas I think if you haven't, that's a lot harder. So when you're in the office with that person, if it is going to be this 3-2 model, you know, maybe organise your week so you can really spend some time with them. Because what yeah. you're going to do is come in and sort of have to do all your own thing and then they don't actually get to learn anything so yeah I would say that, that that's probably what I would say yeah so giving it that forethought and thinking about what you can do when you're remote I love the idea of having the team session open and kind of doing stuff uh, in the background I think that's great what's uh, what are you most excited about over the next if you think about the next 12 months um, in terms of your role in uh, Eames and, and what you're going to be focusing on what are you most excited about uh, about the next 12 months I think that um I think I'm really excited actually about our our team um, in actuarial specifically. I think um, you know we've um, everyone seems very very strong. Everyone mm. seems like they they really sort of have their area and, and know what they're doing. Um, you know I imagine that we we will look to grow that. So in terms of like myself personally, you know I want to get Sam promoted. That's definitely a goal yeah. of mine um, early next year, which I think he's he's absolutely got every chance of doing ahead of schedule. Um, and then. You know, once once he's up and running, um, sort of keep building from there. You know, I'd I'd like to to get another AC in. Brilliant. Uh, you know, there's there's lots of different areas in in that market which I won't go into massive detail on that, that we can grow. So it, it's everything really. Um, right. I mean, yeah, the team, the market, and, and just sort of where we seem to be going at the moment, which is is up. So great stuff. And in terms of uh, just to kind of finish up from from today, if you look back at you know your career at Eames and as you say you started in that AC role and, and now you're you know in, in a management position and people if, if they were looking at you now listen to you now you know you do the BD you're managing someone it's that you know lots of success what would you say were your top tips or you know based on the title of this series are your secrets of success that you would share with people yeah um well I I don't want to say hard work because I feel like everyone. No, we've had that. I, know, uh, <laughs> I should have had the answer that. I don't know if that beat me to that as well, but I'd say, um, like, if I sort of look back when I was in AC, outside of working hard, like I, I, I've focused on building quite strong internal relationships that I think really did pay off along the way. So, like, when I when I first joined. I, I don't want it to sound like really transactional, but I looked at who was doing well. And I thought, okay, I want to speak yes. to that person and sort of like, you know, kiss up, but, you know, get pally with them and, and find out what makes them successful. Sort of, you know, same sort of thing as this series. And um, I'd say that building those strong relationships definitely helps because you get past jobs from other people and people just think of you. And, you know that that kind of it's the same internally as externally and this goes back to what we were saying if you build those strong relationships with candidates right at the start 
then you don't know where they're going to be in three years time and and they really you know they might be someone who's very very worth knowing um so you kind of got i try and think about that in, in every sort of person i speak to internally and externally um i think also just enjoy the process because this job if it's if it's not going well can be really really tough yeah. so enjoy the wins and i think um you know if if you if you're not sort of liking your job most of the time you've got a question as to why like because i love this job you know i love doing I know it you do. and uh <laughs> and like i just don't understand why i would do anything that i didn't feel that way about really so yeah, yeah i would say that they're they're two absolutely love it i'm really in particular i love both of those and i completely agree wholeheartedly with them but the internal relationships one especially for juniors or people in in an organization you know in recruitment now watching this i think is is a really really great piece of advice and would you just i know that you meant it just to clarify you mean outside of your own team as well don't you like just across the whole business if you build relationship with a team that you know might have nothing to do with your team right that might be completely separate in the market that doesn't mean you won't we won't look at the same companies you you can't expect other people to think about you without building that internal relationship so that's exactly what it's other teams i mean you should definitely build internal relationships with your team. <laughs> yeah you should probably spend more people more time with these people than your, your parents but yeah. you know i think uh, I, I meant more the, the other teams in the business absolutely yeah thank you very much that's everything for today i really appreciate your time and um, and your insights i think you covered some great ground for us so thank you very much for that okay, okay.